This is the To Health With That, Naturally Healthy in No Time podcast for big health topics taken in small bites. I'm your host, naturopathic doctor, Amy Nuzel, and this is season one, all about the MTHFR mutation. This week, we're going to talk about some questions from listeners. MTHFR is such a strange journey, and it seems like no two people's experiences are the same. I backed into MTHFR by accident. I found a multivitamin that I then told all of my patients and clients about because it was the only multivitamin that I'd ever actually noticed a difference when I was taking it. Turns out I felt such a difference because it happened to have 5-LMTHF in it, as opposed to a lesser form of folate. But I didn't know that at the time. It was a few years after that that I heard about MTHFR and discovered my own polymorphism. Others find out about MTHFR as a part of their search for symptom relief and tackle it that way, but really, no two people are the same here. The weirdest part about it, as we're finding in the MTHFR community, genetic rock stars, is that small experiences very often overlap, but big overarching patterns can vary widely. And this week, let's tidy up some unfinished business. A couple of you have been kind enough to leave questions for me on the website, so let's get to those. First, we've got one from Sandy. Sandy writes, I would like to know if Amy sees patients. I have an interesting combination of issues, one being severe folic acid, folate, and B12 intolerance. Such great information on these pages, but I wonder if she takes appointments. Thanks very much, Sandy. In good news, Sandy, you have a bunch of options. First off, it sounds like you've got a definite challenge on your hands. Secondly, there's three ways to work with me. Number one is to join the MTHFR community, Genetic Rockstars. And a lot of people consider this to be not so much a therapeutic option and more of a social one, but I can honestly say it's a lot more than that. The community is a place that we can really connect with other people who have some of the same challenges, talk as a group, and get maybe some new answers to things. And some of those answers are from me, but some of them are from other community members who've been through something very similar. The goal for the community is to be joyful, but also real-life helpful. The other way to work with me, or one other way to work with me, is to join the MTHFR Academy. And this is an in-depth group coaching circle. We're all MTHFR folks, and three weeks out of four, we have coaching talks about specific topics or classes as a group. We also have office hours, which is basically a group Zoom with me, where you can ask any question and get answers. Um, and especially questions about where you get stuck or where you need help on your MTHFR journey. As a part of this, you have free access to the 10-week MTHFR 101 class and every other course, workshop, or masterclass that I produce during your membership. And there is also a one-on-one -on -one coaching option. I do still see some one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, I actually think the group coaching is more effective long-term because the amount of time together with the group coaching and the focus on learning is so much greater. But one-on-one -on -one visits can be really helpful if you're really deeply stuck or if you have concerns that you don't feel comfortable talking about in a group setting. If you're interested in that option, the first visit is always an hour and a half. And you can find out more about scheduling and some of the frequently asked questions at tohealthwiththat.com backslash about. Or click the Amy Plus Coaching link at the top of the page. Thanks so much for your question, Sandy. 
The second question comes from Sam. She writes, I'm a mama of boys with the HOMO 677T mutation. I'm curious about contrast in MRIs when you have this mutation, and also if I, the mom, should avoid a contrast MRI when nursing a baby with the HOMO 677 mutation. This is a great question, and actually not that easy to answer. (laughs) First, there are a number of different contrast mediums for MRIs, and the selection of those depends partly on the area, organ, or body parts being studied. But there's a lot of other factors as well, right? Insurance coverage will play a factor. What that particular facility has in stock will play a factor, um, and what they're used to using. So every different contrast medium has to include a magnetic component because it's magnetic resonance imaging, right? And so often the magnetic component is some kind of a metal atom. Generally, many of the heavy metals do need to be methylated in order to be detoxified. So that does have the potential to be a little bit more difficult for MTHFR folks. But many MRI mediums also contain what's called a chelating agent, which is something that helps your body to enhance excretion of that substance reduces storage in body tissues, and also reduces toxicity. So that plays a factor as well. To make the conversation a bit more complicated, there isn't actually any research that I'm able to find that addresses MRI contrast mediums and genetic polymorphisms of any kind. I would say find out everything you can about the specific contrast medium that your doctor plans on using, including the pharmacokinetics and any information they have about how the substance is cleared from your body. Also, the average rate of clearance if that data is available, and it should be. In terms of having an MRI while you're nursing, there's a lot of factors to consider. Certainly, nursing mamas do pass toxins, especially fat-soluble toxins, down to their kiddos through breast milk. If the MRI is potentially life-saving or treatment-altering, as it could be in tumor-related MRIs, then it's probably worth the risk. If it can be delayed without major health consequences, then that would be certainly the most conservatively prudent option. If you do choose to have an MRI while breastfeeding, see if you can pump and store milk before the procedure enough to feed your baby for a while, like the most critical point after the procedure, and then pump and dump during that time to get rid of any potentially contaminated milk. Work with your doctor to figure out what that most critical period of time after the procedure is, right? And that'll depend again on the MRI medium. So thank you for the great questions. And if anybody who's listening right now has a question, go to tohealthwiththat.com and about halfway down the homepage, you'll see me asking for your questions in a video. And you can ask your questions there in video format if you're comfortable with that, in audio format if that's more comfortable for you, or in written form, just as you normally would. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.